Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Stand to our feet, let's open our Bibles, and I want to bring this series, Seek and Save, to a close. We're going to, this is going to be the last message, and it's kind of a shorter message. We'll see. Amen. But to bring it to an end, let's go to the end of the Bible. Let's go to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 12, and this has been a spiritual warfare. I've been framing this as a spiritual warfare, warfare battle, because whenever you begin to follow Christ, make that decision to follow Christ, and and you're going to experience some pushback. You're going to experience some persecution. You're going to experience this thing that's called spiritual warfare. You just talk about the beliefs and the teachings of Christ today, even in our culture, and it's sad to see that you're going to have people that don't agree with you too much. You're going to have pushback. And when you even go to share your faith with people, you're going to find it difficult. You're going to find that there's, there's a resistance there within yourself. It's hard for you to do that. We talked about all of that throughout this series. And today I'm going to focus on the keys to the kingdom. I'm giving you two keys. I want to give you two more. So there's four keys that Jesus gave to us, the church, to help us win this battle that we face whenever we try to share our faith and live for Christ. So Romans or Revelations chapter 12 is... Um, this is a chapter that John wrote about. It's a prophetic uh, book, and, but he also discussed how the fall of Satan and the origin of evil. It's a very deep book, Revelation is. But I'm going to just start from verse 7. And he also gives a summary here. This is a summary of about 4,000 plus years of time in history that he gives a summary. So we're learning this actually in Wednesday night on how to study your Bible, that certain words are indicators of, uh, they're called occasions of time and they help us understand when you see the word then, when you see the word now, it doesn't necessarily mean what we're getting ready to read that this all happened like in the same month, but actually it happened over a period of years, okay? It's, understand, it's good to understand this context because it's gonna help you understand this chapter. So before God created uh, before Jesus came in verse 7 it says and war broke out in heaven Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his fallen angels fought but they did not prevail I love that in the Greek it says they, they were not strong enough just like the Bible teaches that darkness no matter how dark the darkness is it is not strong enough to overcome light you can just light a light in the darkest room, and it doesn't matter how dark. I mean, I've been in some pitch black areas and rooms, and, and you can't even see your hand in front of your face. You light a light, and instantly it overcomes darkness. This is the way God set it up. How many know that Jesus came into the world as the light of the world? And no matter how the dark times are, and we're in some dark times right now, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we don't need to be afraid when we read stuff like this. You need to be encouraged that God has given you a way to overcome the darkness. You just got to turn the light on. Come on, somebody. That's Jesus. And so he could not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. This is the third heaven. We covered that. So the great dragon was cast out. The dragon, yes, that serpent of old from Genesis called the devil and Satan. Watch this. Who deceives the whole world. Isn't it amazing? He deceives the whole world. 
he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then, everybody say then. To understand this, this is what I'm talking about. Now he moves thousands of years forward to the first advent when Christ was born. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, that's another name for the devil. He's the accuser of our brethren who accused them, that's you and I, before our God day and night. He has been cast down. And this is our verse I want to focus on today. We pick up the last two keys to, to overcome. Verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. Thank you, Lord, for this word. I pray God that let my words, your words become one today. Speak through me today. Give us ears to hear and a heart of understanding, Father, that you are greater than anything we see or feel or experience. Your promises are yes and amen. You have given us keys to overcome. And Father, help us to grasp that today and to be encouraged from this message. And I pray your blessing upon our time together in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You may be seated today. Thank you, Pastor Steve. This passage paints a very graphic picture of the spiritual warfare that is going on in the heavens. Many are, so many are unaware of this battle and this spiritual battle. The Bible teaches that what we wrestle against is not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness and evil that influence culture. We've been talking about that. And here in chapter 12, it paints a pretty graphic picture. Many people are frustrated today because it seems like no matter who we vote in, who is in Washington or who is running the show in these cities, it, doesn't seem, it seems like there is this invisible gravity that is just bringing society downward. And, and it doesn't matter who's in office, it's just always a battle that you see. And it just seems like it's just, that's the way it's been from, from the beginning. And, and what I'm telling you is that the Bible teaches that it's not politicians, but it's principalities. It's actually there's evil that influence culture and, and the things that's happening, like even in Israel. You know, why is all of this been about Israel? I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. This little piece of real estate, the size of New Jersey, but yet it's in the news almost every day. And for years, it's just got the attention of the world and so much tension. Why isn't it Australia? Why isn't it Ethiopia? Why isn't it uh, Canada? Why isn't it America? Why, what is it with that little piece of land? I tell you what it is, because everything in this book took place in that little piece of land. And the covenants and the promises of God, even the Messiah Jesus himself came to Israel and came through the Jewish people. It, it's all about that thing. It's a spiritual battle that we see. And that's why people aren't, aren't gonna figure it out until we learn how to pray. And I love to see so many people in Washington. There are people that are senators and mayors and people coming together. You probably saw that Tuesday as there were over 300,000 people at Washington standing united and praying that the hostages would be released from Hamas and that Israel would prevail and be safe and there could be peace in the Middle East. We need to continue to pray for them as they are probably going to be a long way off yet until they ever achieve that peace. But I'm here to tell you that it's more about real estate. This is a spiritual battle that's, that's taken place. But here's the good news. God also has a kingdom. 
God also has a kingdom and he has given the church keys. He has given us keys to win the battle. The Bible tells us that we are more than overcomers. We can overcome anything that you face. You can overcome it through Jesus Christ. Anything that you fight against, whether it be emotionally, whether it be a financial situation, there is nothing, as I read to you earlier, nothing that can separate us from his love. God is in control. He has a plan. And the church needs to rejoice that we serve a God that's in control, no matter what it looks like all around us. If you believe that, say amen. Clap your hands, all you people. You believe that today. We serve, we're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. I love that yesterday, Chuck used it. I've used this analogy before, but it sounds better when you hear someone else say it. But it's like if you watch a football game and you already know what has happened, right? And, and you maybe haven't watched the game yet yourself. So you, you'd say what we call, I'm in the bubble. Don't tell me what the score is. A couple of weeks ago, we had our ETS and the Lions were playing that four o'clock game. And so we're, some of us were like in a bubble. Don't tell us what the score is in the game because the game was going on. I was going to watch it when I went home. And so don't tell me the score, but someone ruined it and told us the score. Amen. Anyway, so, but here's the thing. You may know what the game was. Like someone knew what the score was. They knew that the Lions had won the game. But when you watch the game and you go back and you watch it, and you see how close it comes and Lions almost lost. It's, it's scary that your team could almost lose, but not if you already seen the whole game earlier. You know what the results are. So it doesn't matter how close the game and the score is. You're not nervous because you already won. That's exactly the way it is in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what you go through here. I'm telling you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to get all nervous and be anxious because the Bible already told us who won in the end. It's the team Jesus Christ. That's who won. That's what I'm talking about. We are overcomers. We can overcome things that you battle. Addiction, you can overcome that. Walking in, in newness and free. I've been 26 years clean and sober. My life turned totally around because of the power of Jesus Christ. This is not a religious thing. This is a real power that is available to every believer. Now is the time when you see this crazy stuff happening. Are the, you know, all these nations coming against Israel? The Bible predicts that all nations will rally around Israel and, and come against it. And it will trigger the end time events. Is this it? I don't know. But if it's not, I'm telling you this, it's a dress rehearsal. It's a sign that God is saying, listen, this is not just an ancient book that's irrelevant. This is very relevant. And it is exactly what I said is going to happen is you are watching it happening. This incredible things that are happening around the world today right now to those that are spiritually awakened. You see it. You don't look at the Bible. You don't read, just read the Bible. You look through the Bible. You look through the Bible at the events that are happening today and you begin to say, oh, it's lining up. It's making sense. Now I see why it's happening. That's how we read the Bible. But let me get into this. So God has given us keys to win this battle. Jesus said, I have given you keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven, right? We talked about that. We talked about that. And these are the four keys. I gave two of them to you. The first one was the name of Jesus. There is, there is authority in the name of Jesus. The devil has power, but we have authority. We talked about that. 
He has power. He's a fallen angel. There are evil. It is power. There are powers out there that you and I cannot fight in the flesh. You cannot overcome addiction on your own, no matter how strong your self-will is, no matter how how educated you are, no no matter how much money you have in the bank. There are certain things that your money won't buy. There are certain things your education can't break. There are certain things your, your willpower is just not strong enough to break sin's power. You need something greater than that. You need the Holy Spirit of God that can break addiction and its power power over your life. That's how you do it. In the name of Jesus is powerful. The Bible says that every devil in hell trembles at that name of Jesus. You know, this time of year, what is it about the name of Jesus? People get all freaked out and afraid. You know, we're, we're moving into the holiday season. It is the, the birth of Jesus Christ. But yet, you know, I'm not hating on Santa Claus or anything else, but you very rarely will see or, or hear someone in the secular settings talk about Jesus Christ being born because they're afraid of that name. It just changes the atmosphere when you begin to talk. It's okay if you say, yeah, I go to church. It's okay if you say, yeah, I'm trying to turn my life around. That gets people's attention. They begin to listen to you. And it's all even okay in many circles to say, I believe in God. Many people go, yeah, I believe in God. But when you get specific and you begin to say the name Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. When you begin to say, you know, I pray and Jesus has changed my life. Ears begin to go up. What's happening? Watch it. You know what I'm talking about. You've had it happen. The atmosphere begins to change. Why? Because there's power in that name. The Bible says that even when David fought against the Goliath, the giant, he looked at the giant and he says, you come to me with swords and spears. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And this little boy, and Goliath said, who are you? Are you disrespecting me? I'm a warrior. I'm a champion. And you're going you're gonna to send this little dog, this little 15-year-old boy, he called him a dog. You're going to come out and bring a dog to fight against me? And you have the battles of, I love that story. You have the battles. Battles of Israel standing on the corner on the side of the hill, terrified at this one guy. But David knew that there was power and authority in the name of Jehovah God. And he come running to him and said, you're going to fall today. Not because I'm smart, not because I, I got it all figured out, but because I know the name of Jehovah God and his name you will fall today. Yes. Woo, I'd have loved to have been there to see that happen. And the Bible says he just took that one stone and God just partnered with him. Boom, and down he came. There's authority in the name of Jesus. When you just say Jesus and you pray Jesus, you say, when you pray, I always watch in movies, they always have prayer, sometimes even over food, you know, they all hold hands. I hate seeing church being used in movies because they always do a bad service. You know what I'm saying? That's, all, that's not how church is. You know, they always got these, these people looking all weird and that's not how it is. You go to a church, you're like, wait a minute, these are regular people. You start knowing people. Like yesterday at the men's thing, it was so awesome to meet so many new people that came and got to meet uh, guys that are new to the church and regular people just like you and me that are on a journey to find God more in our life and to be filled with him even more. And it's, it's amazing to see. But they always will have a segment of prayer and, and I always listen. Are they gonna say it? Are they gonna say it? Are they, what am I listening for? Are they gonna say, Jesus. And many of them don't, but there are some movies that will say, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm telling you, there is something about the name of Jesus. We talked about that. Okay, it's good to talk about it again. Then we talked about the power of agreement. 
the power of agreement when we come together as God's people, the ecclesia, the gathering together of God's people. There is power in prayer and everyone needs a private life, a private prayer life. Everybody needs that private prayer life because God will do certain things in a private prayer life that he doesn't do in a corporate setting. But let me also tell you that everyone needs a corporate covering. Everyone needs a private prayer and a corporate covering because there are certain things that God will only do in a corporate gathering than he will, will not do in a private prayer. You need hands laid on you, the Bible says. There are times when you are, if anyone is sick, let them call for the elders of the church and let them say, go home and pray. No, he said, let them come and anoint you with oil. Put their hands on you as an act of faith and pray in the name of Jesus and watch healing like this little baby Baxter was healed and sent home and is gonna be home enjoying the holidays because families got together and prayed together and said, I refuse to take this diagnosis laying down. I'm gonna fight in the name of Jesus and I'm gonna stand on the word of God and I'm gonna believe for a miracle. Hallelujah. It's the power of agreement. We have pre-service prayer every Sunday that's available for everyone in the chapel. Whoever wants to go, it's in the chapel at 9.30 to 10.15. I want to thank Mary and Doreen who leads that faithfully every Sunday. Why do we offer that? Because it kind of, it helps us get into the mindset of church, you know, helps us get into the mindset of, worship, of getting ready to worship God. But there is also a blessing when we come together and pray together. God's presence is there. And here's the main point. It increases the power of prayer when two or three are gathered. I talked about that even more last week. We also have a Thursday morning prayer that mom and dad leads faithfully every Thursday morning. I love coming in and watching them pray and getting, getting talking with them. And it's a faithful group that comes. And if you can make it Thursday morning, these are awesome opportunities to get together corporately and pray. I wanna have more of them coming up in 2024, by the way. We start off the first week of every year with a prayer service every single night, prayer and fasting. It's gonna happen again the, the second week because the first week's on the first, but stay tuned for that. Why, is that. why is that important? Because it is important for God's people to get together and pray for one another. We did that yesterday at the men's thing. We had a men, we, we prayed for each other. And um, it's awesome to see that happening. Okay, so we talked about those two. These are the two new ones today, the blood of Jesus and our testimony. The, the blood of Jesus and our testimony. What are we supposed to do with these keys, by the way? We're supposed to use these keys to go and take territory, to go and spread the gospel, to win our families, to win our friends, to win, our, to win cities, to win communities. We use these keys not to say, oh yeah, I understand the power of agreement. Oh, I understand the blood of Jesus. I understand the name of Jesus. No, use those keys. We are to use these as, as tools and, and, and ways to reach those that don't know Jesus Christ. The power of agreement. You got somebody in your family that doesn't know Jesus? If they died today, where would they go? That's important. That's one of the most important questions that any human being is gonna have to answer sooner or later is who is Jesus to you? Oh, is he my mom's Jesus or my, my aunt or my grandma's Jesus? No, he's got to be your Jesus, that you have got your faith in him, in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Amen. But if you have somebody from me that don't know Jesus, well, you need to start praying for him, having those conversations, parents talking to your kids about Jesus. Do you know him? You understand about God and, and Jesus and this whole thing. Like God loved you so much that he sent Jesus. And we're celebrating him this holiday. You know, actually Thanksgiving is a Christian holiday. In 1641, it was when the, the uh, P 
people, the pilgrims and, and the colonists met with this tribe of the Native Americans. And if you go and read the history on it, it was beautiful. It was a week-long feast, which I believe Thanksgiving needs to return to that in Jesus' name. Amen. It was week-long. Come on, fellas, a week-long. I mean, you have turkey on one day, you have ham on the other day, then greens, peas, man. I mean, I mean, all week. You can even put an Italian in there. One year we did Italian for Christmas, you know, not Thanksgiving, it's turkey, amen. So whatever, but it was a week long. And if you read the history, not only did they eat, listen, but it was a prior to Thanksgiving, it was a week of fasting. Some of you may not even realize this is about Thanksgiving. And then that week of Thanksgiving, it was a feast because how many is hungry after you fast? And it was also a week long of prayer. Prayer. Not to Allah, this other, this God, that, not to self, not to the, it was a prayer to Jehovah God, thanking them for safe passage across the sea. Because if you, you made that from, from uh, Europe to over here, if you went across the Atlantic, if you made it, then that was, you give God glory for that because many did not even make that trip. They would give God grace or, or thanksgiving for making their travel safe. And that's what Thanksgiving was all about. Let me just encourage you. I'm not talking about Thanksgiving today, but usually I always give you a challenge to try to incorporate Thanksgiving and thankfulness and the attitude of being thankful somewhere this week, whether it be every single day, post something that you're thankful for, do something. In our family, my mom started this years ago. After we eat on Thursday, we sit around, we fellowship, you know, all night and get ready for the pie. Amen. And uh, <laughs> mama will always go around and say, tell one thing that you're thankful for. And everybody has to participate. You have to be intentional to be thankful because you automatically don't even, people won't even say thank you when you, they won't even open the door for you. No, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like, get your own door. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, when you stop and you say thankful, thank you. It's like, people are like, whoa. I, I went through uh, Tim Hortons the other morning. It was early about 530 in the morning. I was going hunting, amen, anyway, and went through there, and I, I was actually going to pray in the woods, but I took my gun with me. So anyway, I went, uh, and the Lord wanted me to pray because I didn't see nothing. Anyway, so in this drive-through, I order my extra large, two cream, one sugar, and I get through there, and I look, and I'm you know, getting ready to go. My mind's focused, and, and the lady hands me the coffee. She goes, oh, my gosh, Pastor Eddie. And I look, and she goes, oh, my gosh, and it's this girl that our family, I know her whole family. I was like, oh, wow, I haven't seen you in a, in a long time. And she goes, yeah, I just, love, I just miss you guys. And I, I pray to Jesus. And you know that? And I stopped and I said, listen, we miss you. Power of the Holy Ghost just came over her on that drive-thru. 5.30 in the morning, tears. I hope she's watching today. She might even be here. I don't know. But tears begin to come over her. And I begin to see God begin to work. I just sat there for a few minutes. And just begin to tell her that you're missed. We miss you and your whole family. And God's got a plan for you. So, amen, I didn't get a deer. So next day I came back and guess where I went? Right back to that. This time she saw me coming. And instead of hiding from the preacher, she took my order and she followed back up with that conversation. And we begin to talk right off where we left off and begin to witness her and share the love of God over her. I'm telling you, God could have me. That's why I didn't get no deer. He could, that's more important than anything right there is to share the love of Jesus and, and just be thankful for God. Amen. So Kayla, if you're watching, we love you, girl. We're praying for you and your whole family. And God does have a plan for your life. And you know that. And we're praying for you, girl. Hallelujah.
So here's the scripture, Matthew 24, 14. Jesus, everyone talks about the end times. Like, is this a sign of the time? Is this, this? Listen to this scripture that no one really pays attention to, but it's all about the end times. He said, and this gospel, everybody say this gospel. That means the good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. In other words, God says, I love people so much that I'm not going to let this happen unless they hear the gospel. I'm going to hold everything back because I want everybody to have an opportunity to choose whether or not to believe in Jesus. And here's where it's so difficult and hard for, for pastors and Christians to see our loved ones because it's ultimately up to you to use your God-given free will to either say, yes, I believe in this or I'm going to put it on hold. It's up to you. But it is up to us. Listen, people are, have, have, they, they don't have to say yes to Jesus. They're not obligated to say yes to Jesus. But Christians, we are obligated to share our faith about Jesus. And this is scripture right here tells us that. Then the end will come. Go to all the world. Go to all the nations. That's why in two weeks, a team of us is going to South Africa. Hallelujah. Amen. So pray for us as we go. To go and help build a church and right outside Johannesburg and be with the, the people, Builders International, who are over there. Pre and there's revivals going on all over the world, by the way. I just heard of another one, Brother Leroy was telling me about in Nicaragua. There's over 300,000 people just came to the Lord and got saved in this massive move of God that's going on in Central America. It's happening all around the world. There's this falling away. And there's this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, just like it was in the days of Acts. It is going to be both. I pray that we are on this side and not the fall on the way. Come on, somebody. Because there's going to be a battle in the last times. The Bible even talks about the enemy wearing down the saints. And you ever feel, feel wore down in your spirit? You ever feel worn, like not even want to come into church, don't even want to worship, don't even want to read your Bible? I'm telling you, that is a spiritual problem that you need to get that off your life today. And you can get it off by the power of agreement, by the name of Jesus Christ, in the blood of Jesus. These weapons and these tools can give you victory in overcoming. Okay, let's get into this. Amen? You believe that? The blood of Jesus. Let me talk about the blood of Jesus. When I first got saved and, you know, I heard about the blood of Jesus, but really begin to think about it. It's all in the Bible. I'm like, what is with blood? It's like, is God into gory? I mean, what is it about blood? And if you don't know about the things of God and you talk about the blood of Jesus, they're going to be like, whoa, what is up with the blood? But the blood of Jesus is, there is, when a believer understands the revelation of the blood of Jesus, it'll change your life. The most difficult thing for me right now is to not go into a three-hour teaching on the blood of Jesus because there is that much in the Bible about blood. So give me just a snapshot. You know, blood is so important to us. We, we have even a baby receives its life in oxygen mainly through the blood. The Bible teaches that life is in the blood and the wages of sin is death. When God said, Adam and Eve, if you sin, you're going to die. What did he mean? Spiritually, you're going to die. Sin is like a cancer that gets into our emotions and into our spirit. It causes depression, anxiety, and a heaviness. And this communicates us from the things of God, isolates us, wants us to stay away from the light and live in darkness. That's why when you begin to sin, when we begin to sin, you don't, no, no one ever stays in one little level of sin. It, it's always progressive, and it's always taking us further than we want to go, costing us more than we want to pay, and keep us there longer than we want to stay. That's what sin does. That's death. 
God said there's one thing that will overcome sin. The only way sin can be atoned for, can be reckoned, reconciled, is through blood. Because life is in the blood. Blood does two things. I want you to write this down. The blood of Jesus that we talk about, it does two things, mainly two things in the Bible. The blood of Jesus gives us access to God and denies access to the enemy. I want you to see that. It's different than all the other keys. It, it, the blood of Jesus is, is different than even your testimony. It's different than, than faith. It's, it, it all, they all are important keys, the whole armor of God. I mean, he's given the church all kinds of weapons, but there's the blood does these two things. It gives us access to God. What do you mean? You and I are sinful people and God is sinless, less. He, he is holy. He is blameless. He is the God of light. He is the father of all. And one thing he cannot be with is with sin. So in order to have a relationship with sinful people, there has, he has to take care of the sin problem. He took care of the sin problem by sending Jesus himself, who was all God, all human, perfect, blameless, without reproach. He willingly gave his life to pay for your sin and my sin on the cross 2,000 years ago. And everyone who puts their faith and believes in what I just said to you, not in a mental, like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is my homeboy. Remember that song? Jesus is a good guy. He's a religious person. No, when he goes from being all of that to my Lord and my Savior, who I want to know about Jesus. When, when you begin to talk that way, you are now shifting into a relationship with God. And it's through, only through the blood of Jesus. Now God, through the blood of Jesus, our, the blood of Jesus covers us. It allows us to enter into a relationship with the holy God. It's like having a ticket. You can't get into certain parts and places and certain uh, RSVPs unless you RSVP and you have a ticket. You can be outside a Cedar Point all you want, but unless you got a ticket, you can't go in. You can know about the Magnum or whatever we used to go as youth. I don't even no idea what they got over there now. You can know all about the rides. You can know the map of the whole Cedar Point and even the water park. And you can know all about, even know people that work there. But unless your ticket is punched, you can't in. That's why the blood of Jesus is so important. Only the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins and allows us access to a holy God. Here's one of the scriptures in Hebrews. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holies, holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus. Look at that. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. I love what uh, Brother Chuck said this yesterday. He said, you, you know, everyone has access to the blood of Jesus, to God through the blood of Jesus. You don't need a pastor. You actually don't, you know, need me to give you access. I am a person just like you. I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you. Hey, I am a human being. You got just as much access to God as I do. Through the blood of Jesus. He was all pray, you know, pray for me, pray for me. No, no, you can go to God. You can go to God for your family. Now, there is power of agreement. Yes, get other people to pray with you because there's power in that. And it's, it's another, I already talked about it. But as far as having access to a holy God, I don't have no special privileges. I have access because I have faith in Jesus. You have access because you have faith in Jesus. It's through the blood of Jesus that you and I are able to be brought near to God. You believe that? That's what it does. It brings near. Secondly, it also cuts off access to the devil. 
This is so important. It's so powerful. It cuts off access to the devil. You notice in that scripture we read together in Revelations in verse 10, he, he calls the devil the dragon. He calls him the serpent, right? He calls him the devil. He, and Satan has these names. He is, the, by the way, the devil is the source of evil influence in the world today. That's, that's who he is. He's not a little guy running around with a red suit and a pitchfork. He, he's not, ooh, trying to scare you. you know, he is the evil, and he's not under your bed. He's over cities and nations. The Bible teaches this. He does it through demonic teachings. And the Bible says in the last days, there'll be doctrines that that is teachings that are actually taught by the devil. YouTube is saturated with it. You'll find it. uh, And the Bible says, this is how you know if it is of God or is it from the devil? If it recognizes that Jesus Christ is the way to God, then it's from God. Listen to it. If it says everything else that is good, even the Bible, call it a good book. Even Jesus is a good man. But if they deny that Jesus Christ is the son of God, the Bible says it's an evil spirit. Do not listen to it. I don't care how many likes and views they have. It is demonic and it does have no business in your life or my life. Amen. So you got to know, what do you want to talk about? If you want to talk about God, I say, what do you want to talk about? Want to talk about religion? What do you want to talk about? Tell me about Jesus. Do you know Jesus Christ? So this is how he cuts off. He says, he's the accuser. Here's the other word in verse 10. He calls him the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night. He actually accuses our, us to God. Don't listen to Paul. Don't listen to Mary. Don't listen to Tyler. God, they're sinful people. He's the accuser of the brethren. And when you know the devil is working through people is when people begin to accuse you and falsely accuse you. That's how you know the Bible teaches that the devil works through people. You know people that are very manipulative, that are very, that are very pushy, and you just get anxiety being around that person. They don't even realize it, but they're blind and they're being used by the enemy. They don't, that's why you need to pray for them and bring the light of Jesus to them. But they're the accuser of the brother. And here's what the blood of Jesus the blood, Satan controls and defeats human beings and people through guilt and accusations. He, he tries to guilt us in the sin that we have committed and the things that we have done. I had to fight this so hard when I first got saved because I began to make a change. And I remember I told my dad, I said, Dad, I want to go to a church where nobody knows me. And, and, and I was wanting to hide in it because literally the things I did and the life I lived in the Down River area, I mean, everybody knew my name in the, in the 90s there, in the late 80s and in those days, me and my boys and what we did. And I had a very bad reputation. And I just, I, now that God changed my life, I didn't know all this stuff about blood and demons. I just wanted my wife and my family to respect me and to love my family again. And I wanted Jesus. I needed to change in my life. And I couldn't change my life by myself. So I knew I needed God. And I got tired of living a life of sin. Listen, life is hard. I'm telling you, serving God and following God may be hard, but living life without God is even harder. And when I turned my life to Jesus, he began to change my life. And then I began to learn about these things. And he began to also begin to change the reputation that I had and people begin to come to me now and say, wow, what has happened in your life? And I begin to tell them, I've been going to church, I gave my life to Jesus, man, this is all what's been happening. And that's how things begin to, hate, begin to happen. But I had to battle the things of my past. I still get crazy thoughts sometimes to just come through there, things I've done, things I've said. And I'm like, whoa. And I know that's from the enemy where I love this. That's why he says, the accuser of the brethren is cast out. Why? Because the blood of Jesus declares that we are righteous. 
Come on, that's why when a believer understands what I'm saying, you don't have to live under the guilt of your mistakes. You don't have to live under the pain of your past. When you really believe that Jesus paid for your sin on that cross, you are declared righteous through the blood of Jesus in the eyes of God. So let people accuse you all they wanna accuse you and people won't forget, but I can tell them my God has forgot and my God does not accuse me of anything. I am blameless in his eyes. He cuts it off. He cuts off the devil through the blood of Jesus. My sin is paid for. My sin is paid for. That's why we rejoice and we are thankful for what Jesus has done for us. It silences all the accusations from the enemy. What does the blood of Jesus? When somebody brings up your past and you're a believer, I used to look at them and this one person I had that used to bring my past up to some of my other family that had a church in e-course. This person was... What happened was their boyfriend or something wanted to go to church, and so she went with them, but she wasn't with just Jesus thing. She just hated everything about it. She knew me, and my aunt and my uncle pastored that church, and they would talk about, man, Eddie, you know, God changed. Eddie, you know about Eddie, because when I got saved, it was a big deal. And she goes, well, I don't care what any of you say. I remember Eddie. How many got them people? Hey, man, they're just there. And they remember. And, and one time I walked over to, a, they were having a Bible study at one of my friend's house. And so I came, it was in River Rouge there. And guess who was there? And she was there and I didn't even get in the house. I got in the front porch and there she was. Yeah, I heard about you, you know, boom, 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 boom. And I said, you might need a towel to wipe off your hand. She goes, why? I said, because you're dipping into the blood of Jesus to bring all that junk back up. My sin has been forgiven. Everything I've ever done been forgiven. Her eyes were this big, talking about blood. And then I began to spin it and I said, listen, Jesus can do the same for you. I said, everything you've ever committed, every sin that you live in the guilt and the shame of your sin can be taken away in an instant because of what Jesus done for you. By the end of that prayer meeting, she was praying, gave her life to the Lord, began to follow God even for a while. Amen. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. Give him, give him praise for that this morning. You believe in that? Come on. The blood of Jesus, it cuts off the devil. Let me just mention this one thing. You ever hear people say, I plead the blood of Jesus. You ever hear people say that? I plead the blood of Jesus. My, my mom has said that for years. We had prayer warriors, and I grew up with people that could, Sister Lambert, that could pray. Sister Marlene Brown. I mean, and men that could pray. My dad would pray, uh, just pray, prayer warriors. I just, and they would always say this, I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I plead the blood of Jesus over my body. I plead, and I was like, what are they doing? What does it mean? This actually comes comes from the Old Testament when God was bringing judgment to the Egyptians for having the Jewish people in slavery for 400 years. The Egyptians had the male children of every Jewish person murdered and thrown into the Nile. They, they were ruthless people. They began to try to kill the Jewish, tried to genocide the whole Jewish nation. That's another whole conversation for another time why that is still happening to this day because they play a significant part in God's end time story. That's why there's so much hate against the Jew, Jews. That's why anti-Semitism is up 300% right now because they have a very particular uh, role to play in the end times. I covered this a couple of weeks ago. Well, Egypt had the male children born that would be born. If it was a male, they were to kill it. And this is why Moses survived. You all heard about Moses. Moses was a male child. He should have died. But it says the midwives saw him and he was a beautiful child. And the midwives feared God and said, we're not going to kill this child. 
and Moses was able to re be rescued from that. And so that's how bloodthirsty the Egyptians were with the Jewish people. Well, God let it go for 400 years. Why? Because God is merciful. God is, he is merciful, he is loving. But the Bible also teaches that there is an end when God says, okay, now's the day of salvation. Now it's time to end that time, that season and dispensation of grace and that season of mercy. Now it's time to bring justice because I am a just God. I have to bring justice to where there is sin. And so God brought justice to the Egyptians and he told Moses, he said, okay, the firstborn of every Egyptian household, in fact, everyone in, the, in Egypt is gonna die. The firstborn of every child is gonna die. The death angel is gonna come through Egypt. I've told them, I've warned them and they refuse to worship me. They worship the God of the sun, which is a demonic spirit. They worship all these other things but me and it's time to bring you, my Jewish people, out of slavery to a land that I promised you. But on that night, he said, this is how you're going to be saved. This is how you're going to be rescued. You need to take a lamb, and the blood of the lamb must be applied on the doorposts of every house. And when the death angel comes to bring justice and death that day, he, when he comes and he sees blood over the doorpost, he will pass over, hence the name Passover. And everybody in that house, even old Uncle Larry, that never went to church hardly ever in his life. But he got the memo about the time is getting short, quit playing and get in the house of God. He was in there that night. The Bible says the death angel passed over when he saw the blood, when he saw the blood of the lamb, which God was teaching years ago that one day there would come a lamb that would die on the cross, that would shed his blood for all of humanity. That's why we don't need sacrificing animals no more. The blood of Jesus Christ satisfies that need for sin to be atoned. But the death angel had to see the blood. When that death, that blood couldn't stay in a bucket, it had to be applied to the house. I think I have it in the blood in Exodus 12. It says, the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destruction, no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Why? Because his blood says this one belongs to God. So when in the New Testament, we're taught that the blood of Jesus was shed for you and I, guess what? We can apply that blood of Jesus, but you need to, you can pray that it's actual thing. When we plead the blood of Jesus over our family, when we plead the blood of Jesus over our children, we're not begging God to do something different than what our regular prayers are. No, when we say, I plead the blood of Jesus, we are standing in faith and activating the power of the covenant. We're wanting God to do what he said he will do through the death of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood says this person belongs to God. I plead the blood over my daughters, over my grandson. I plead the blood over him. I plead the blood of Jesus when I pray for him. I pray over him. I pray over my family. I plead the blood over him. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name. This child is saved. Let him grow up to know you. Let him grow up to uh, understand who you are and have a relationship with you. I plead the blood of Jesus and it keeps the enemy away. It, he has to leave. He has to pass by because of the blood of the lamb. Amen. Did you get the blood of the lamb? Now let me bring you into our testimony. Put that scripture back up. Revelations 12. This is two keys here. One is the blood of the lamb. There's much more about the blood of the lamb, but that's, that's the just of it. We're able to get access, right? Keys give us access and authority. That's what keys do. They give us access and they give us authority when you get keys. 
the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, they give us access. They give us power and authority. The blood of Jesus gives us access to God. And it also denies access to the enemy because I'm under the blood of Jesus. But then he says in Revelations 12, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. You want to overcome your past? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you overcome your past. Some people will never forget it, and you may never forget it, but I'm telling you who matters is God, and he has forgotten it and forget it, and he has covered it by the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have to walk in that no more. You don't have to walk in that shame and that guilt anymore. But the secondly, he also said, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the point of death. Oh, our testimony. Can I tell you that our testimony is one of the most powerful ways that we can reach the unsaved people. Where's my life preserver at? I need my life preserver. I taught this a few weeks ago about the, our power of our testimony. You can bring it up this way, Tito. I see him running with it. Amen. Come on, Tito. Let's see how fast he can get up here. Don't trip and fall. This is Tito. Isn't he an awesome man of God right here? Amen. Thank you, brother. His daughter, Rebecca, we've been praying for her. She was diagnosed with stage four cancer just uh, over a year ago. And God has brought her free, brought her through. She's uh, almost completely, she has one more surgery to remove that small lymph node. But God worked a miracle and, and uh, she is uh, about cancer free today standing in church. Amen. Isn't that amazing? We're going to ring that bell. You're going to ring that bell in a few weeks, girl. We uh, recorded her story, and it's on our YouTube channel. It's a, it's a powerful story that is just a testament to the blood of Jesus and the healing power that God has. This today represents this life preserver. I told you a few weeks ago it represents uh, that we are called to rescue people and that it needs to be looking like this, dirty and used. And uh, I told you that some people, they keep theirs is like in a package and it's brand new because they never use it, right? And so, so many churches, you know, will have prayer meetings and you can go to this conference and that prayer and you can have this Bible study. But until you take this out of the wrapper and start using it, you're really not bringing the kingdom of God anywhere. You're just getting more knowledge. In fact, Paul taught in, in Timothy that many will go from this conference to that conference and never come into the knowledge of the truth. Don't fall into that category. Because I almost did when I first got saved. Be hungry for information. Be hungry to grow in the word of God. But learn how to craft your skill. Learn how to rescue people. Learn how to share your faith. That's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this represents our testimony. Let me tell you something. This is the most powerful key that we as believers have in reaching people. Not saving people, but reaching people. Jesus saves people. We are to reach people. You can walk up to somebody and you can tell them about the blood of Jesus. I don't recommend you do that because they're going to be like, whoa, this guy's like a vampire. What's he talking about? You're going to, you're going to get them all confused if you start talking about the blood of Jesus. Most people aren't going to understand that. The name of Jesus, they're going to be like, yeah, okay. But all of a sudden, but I tell you what is more powerful than anything that you will reach them is when you share your testimony. That's what he says. You overcome the enemy by sharing your testimony. Your testimony is how you reach people. Paul the apostle was invited. He shared his testimony three times in the book of Acts. Remember the opening message of this series. I took you to, King, uh, to Paul Agrippa in Acts where he stood in front of kings. 
Now, if you're invited to stand in front of very uh, respected dignitaries, you're going to bring your A game. You're going to, you know, when I get invited to preach at places, I preached at three places last week outside the church, two places outside the church. And it was an honor for me to share the word at our sectional and stuff like that. Tell you what pastors do. We usually look back at some of our best messages that we feel like we're really anointed and we get those out and we go, we're going we're to preach that. That's just what we do. And of course we pray and God always brings something fresh. But he threw a loop for me down that week. I never preached that before. And he said, he woke up that morning and says, you're going to share this. That's how God does it. But it's usually your best sermon you're going to bring, right? Your best story. Paul, when he stood in front of the king Agrippa, what did he say? He shared his testimony. He didn't go and do his deep teaching of Greek and his teaching of being at the feet of Gamaliel and all of his upbringing and his deep things of God that we all love. Some of them go so deep, they need scuba gear to even understand what they're talking about. Like, what are you talking about? How can I apply everything you just said to my life on Monday morning? That's what we need to get back to. God is looking to raise up some Daniels and some Esthers. Daniel and Esther were people that shared their faith in secular settings. That's what God is looking for in this day and age. That's why I'm preaching this series, is that we would be like a Daniel, be able to serve God at our workplace. And so you do it through reaching them with our testimony. Paul did it. The, the Samaritan woman did it after she met Jesus. The Bible says she went into town and she told everybody in the town, come, listen to a man who told me everything about me and who saved me. Her, she shared her testimony. That's all she did. But probably one of the most powerful examples I can use today, and I want to leave you with this today, is the story of the Gadarean. We, we talked about that man. Remember, he was demon-possessed, and he had those demon spirits, went into the pigs. I mean, it was one of the most dramatic deliverances in the Bible. We looked at him a few times in this series. But what I never showed you is at the end of that story, now, this is a place where it had regional principalities and powers. I explained that to you, how demonic spirits and, and evil can be in different places and have you. You ever walk into a room or area and be like, the tension is in the room? That's a spiritual thing, I'm telling you. And a lot of times children can, can uh, pick up on that more than we can because their spirits are so sensitive. But that is a real teaching in the word of God. It's a real, I mean, David would play music to the Lord and the Bible says the evil spirit from Saul would leave. I mean, there's so much in the Bible that is spiritual that we just pass right over. But in the Bible, in the Gadarean story, the Bible says the principalities and the powers were all in that region. And look at this one scripture in Mark 5. He wanted to join the disciples, this Gadarean guy, this guy that had all these demons. He got saved, he got rescued. He comes and he wants to join the disciples with Jesus. But look what Jesus said. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said to him, go to your friends. Look at that. Go to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. So what I did is I had these made. These are little miniature life preservers. Mary Band, you're going to love this right here, honey. I got these made for our church, and there's hundreds of them. And so those that aren't here today, uh, they're going to be at the Welcome Center. But today, I'd love for everybody here to get, to get one of these. On these little life preservers is this scripture, Mark 5, 19. And let it just, I got it on my keys. You can put it on your mirror. Do whatever you want with it. But I, I don't want this just to be another series of messages we preached on Sunday. Oh, it was pretty good. I want you to walk out of here and to have something tangible. I've already been asked three times, do you have a boat? 
What is that? So get ready for that. I said, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, there's a story and and there's a little scripture here about a man who was so uh, depressed and oppressed that he would actually cut himself and he lived in a tomb. And it was a very crazy story in the Bible. And Jesus Christ made a special trip just to him to come see him and healed the man. And these were the words that Jesus told that man, go tell your friends and family all the good things that God has done for you. He didn't say go preach a theological deep sermon on the blood of Jesus and the six points of theology. Raise your hands, all ye people. He said, no. He said, just go tell your friends. Go tell your family how God has had compassion on you. Every single one of us have a story. And you may not have a story like mine that came from the streets of Ecorse in and out of the legal system and was living on the streets and all that. And that's, that's, your story may be, you know what? God saved me from all that crazy stuff my pastor had to go through. I was raised in church and I had a mom and dad that pleaded the blood of Jesus. And when I was about 13 years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus. And my story is that he saved me from a life of addiction and a life of pain. And now I'm in the ministry and in the job of rescuing people. That could be your story. Every single one of us has a story. We're going into the holiday season. You're going to be with family. It'd be a great time. Just put that out there. What'd you get a boat? (laughs) They're going to say it. No, actually, this is this thing our crazy pastor came up with and had his hand out. And it's actually a reminder that I'm in the business of rescuing people, telling people how good God's been to me. You you can do what you want with that information, but I really got to tell you that Jesus died for my sins. He made me a new person. And he can do the same for you. Let's eat. Go Lions! That you're sharing your faith. Because I would love for everybody here to get one of these on your way out. Our ushers will have them for you today. But let's close. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet in this place. Last thing I want to say to you is what I kicked the series off, and that is this. No one is beyond God's reach, and someone is within your reach. These are the two things that everybody needs to know, that no one is beyond God's reach. But you also need to know that someone is within your reach. Not everybody relates, as I said, to my story, but they relate to your story. I can't go talk to your mom and dad. I mean, they might listen to me. God's opened up a door for me to talk to people in our township, and it's just another whole level for me. It's these people have not experienced drugs and alcohol. These are not them kind of people. And I've had to learn to, okay, how do I minister to these people? And I love it. I love There's nothing like sharing your faith with somebody and watching the lights come on as you do. I'm telling you, as a believer, that's the greatest feeling you'll ever have in life is when you are talking to someone about Jesus and you watch the lights go on and you watch them get it. What's happening? The Holy Spirit is working with what you're saying. All you got to do is, all you got to do is throw this in a way they can grab it. that's, That's what these life preservers stand for. If someone's drowning over here, I'm not going to throw it over here. And that's what many Christians do. They go into some deep level about something, and, they're way over, and the guy's drowning. And all he knows is his wife left him. His kids are on drugs. He's about to get laid off. What does Israel have to do with any of that, dude? All you talked about was Israel and the Antichrist for 30 minutes. That's true. Well, I need to talk about the blood. No, you don't. You need to talk about how do I get rescued? 
You show them what he told that man. Go tell them about the grace and mercy of God and how he has had compassion on you. That's what you go tell them, that God's a God of mercy and he's a God of grace and he loves you and has a plan for your life. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him praise this morning. We are thankful for you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now listen, just bow your heads. We're going to pray. We're going to pray over this, over you today. If you need Jesus Christ to rescue you, maybe you don't know the Lord today, and you're here, it's Thanksgiving, or you're watching online, and you would say, I really don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I mean, I know about him. He's a religious guy, but I never really said yes to Jesus. I was raised Baptist. I was raised Catholic. I was raised Assembly of God, whatever. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want my sins forgiven today. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you are and say, take that step and say, pray for me today, Pastor Eddie. That's me. I, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Anybody here, just raise your hand. We've been seeing people get saved every single week saying yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus. Come on, Christians, are you praying? Anyone raise that hand? Pray for me today that I would... I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today. Anybody, put your name in the chat. If you're watching online, if you can, if you're watching our website, you can send an email. We're going to pray with you. Hallelujah. We're going to ask God to forgive us of our sins and come into our life. And then we're going to sing one more song, and we're going to offer prayer for those that need prayer. Maybe you've got something going on in your life. You need the blood of Jesus applied, things broken off of your life. You need the power of agreement. Well, we have an altar team that will pray over you this morning before you leave in this place. But right now, would you just bow your heads? Ask God to forgive you right now. I want everybody to say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I ask you today, God, to forgive me of all my sins, to come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Help me to follow you with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.